So I'm convinced that most of us are moving way too fast to pay attention. Like most of us are moving way too fast. And if I needed any, I got some more proof this last week, a few examples. Maybe you heard a few of these stories, but this past week, a longtime Seattle talk radio personality died suddenly, tragically, unexpectedly. Uh, and sometimes when I drive around town, I'll flip on the radio, and usually Cairo is what I listen to if I do. Uh, and so this week, in wake of this longtime talk host who died, they were basically doing like grief processing all week long, and they had people call in. Uh, and talk about memories and whatnot. But it was just interesting to hear uh, listeners, coworkers, friends, um, basically hour after hour, all week long, call in, and it was kind of the same kind of things they were saying. I just can't believe he's gone, and then I should've, I wish I would've, like those kind of things that come up when someone dies suddenly. And then Monday Night Football, uh, Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field after making a routine tackle, and uh, he went into cardiac arrest, and thankfully the trainers there went into quick action, and they uh, were able to give him CPR and revive him, and he's gone to a hospital, and he's been making a actually miraculous recovery right now. But the nation, sports fans, football fans, turned their attention to him all week long. So on ESPN, Sports Talks Radio, all sorts of websites, everyone was talking about this football player, praying for him. In fact, I saw for the first time an ESPN sports anchor praying on ESPN. He's like, I don't know what else to do now. This may be a little awkward, but I'm going to pray right now on TV. And he prayed for him. Uh, But it's those times like that, sudden things, Uh, that get people to have these conversations. The conversations were also like, it makes me rethink my priorities. It makes me rethink how I'm living. It makes me be mindful of what's really important. So sometimes it takes those kind of big things, sudden losses, big moments for us to take stock, to slow down. And so this football player, when he woke up in uh, his hospital room finally and could talk, uh, the doctor spoke to him, and his, one of his first things was, did we win the game? <laughs> and the doctor now inf- infamously said to him, you won. You won the game of life. <laughs> You're alive. Life is short. Nothing's guaranteed. Death strikes without notice. And we all are often too busy just frantically going through life to take stock of what's going on, to pay attention to what's happening among us. And often it takes kind of the big sudden moments to make us do so. So open your Bibles this morning. If you have one, we'll have it on the screen as well, to Luke chapter two. So I know that technically last Sunday was New Year's Day. You're going to get part two of New Year's, because we had a new building thing we were doing last week. Uh, This is kind of part two of New Year's today. And over the past week, all sorts of attention to fresh starts, New Year's resolutions, new beginnings. Before we dive back into our hurry-sick routines, and we're all back into life and school and the the rest of the things that we do. Uh, Today, I wanted to do something a little out of the ordinary. Uh, Not too out of the ordinary, because we did it last year. 
but instead of doing a regular sermon, I want to offer today as a day of reflection, a day for us to kind of begin to take stock of what's actually happening in our lives. Uh, We did it last year. I got some really positive feedback from it, so we're going to do it again uh, today. So this is, again, my New Year's gift to you, is a little time of reflection, pastoral reflection. I'm more convinced as I get older that the majority of our spiritual journey has to do with the little things, with the seemingly unimportant things, the small things, the simple things, the things that happen and then they just go on. Overlooked days, overlooked hours, the minutes of our lives. So I'm promising a very short sermon and then some actual time of reflection. So, but in the spirit of Christmas, which we're not too far out of, remember Christmas? Feels like last year. (laughs) Luke chapter two. Today I want to invite us to be a little bit more like Mary. Follow her lead. So we're not Catholic, we're Protestants. And many of us don't know what to do with Mary. Uh, we're good with her birthing baby Jesus, but that's about one. Well, that's, she's done her job, uh, which is a shame uh, because there's so much beauty and power in her life. Some beautiful things. If you've ever read or heard her Magnificat, her prayer, there is some powerful, revolutionary words that she prays back to God. Her obedience If you think about the story, you're not too familiarized with it, but you think about her obedience in the face of fear, staggering. God shows up in an angel and says, yeah, you're going to have a baby who's the Messiah, right? Okay, let it be. Her strength to give birth as an unwed teenage mother, beyond inspirational. But there's this little verse tucked in at the end of Luke 2. It's part of the Christmas story, so I'm going to back up, tell a little bit of the Christmas story, and then hit this verse, and then we'll do some reflection today. But check this out. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So as Luke tells the Christmas story, There's so much activity, frenzied activity. The angels show up uninvited and unannounced. This impromptu heavenly choir is there and then disappears into the night sky. It causes the shepherds then to go and in haste discover is this thing true and then in the presence of Mary and Joseph those scared excited jittery relieved shepherds they spill their guts about everything that they've seen and witnessed so the Christmas story is filled with fabulous frenetic 
action. Angels popping in, singing, shepherds running, telling with haste, which causes, verse 18, wonder. What in the world is happening? God is breaking in and their eyes are open and this is crazy. It is crazy. This story we believe as followers of Jesus. And there's wonder. What is God up to? What is God doing? All who heard it wondered. The angels, the announcement, the song, the glory to God in the highest, the peace on earth, the baby, the manger, the whole enchilada. And they're witnessing God at work. All this action. There is wonder as they experience what God is up to. But then there's this next verse. This is Luke 2.19. In the midst of all the angels and the shepherds and the running and the telling, Mary we're told, treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. It's interesting. So everyone in the place, everyone in the room, everyone in the area that night experiences wonder. But only Mary is the one who does the treasuring and the pondering. And that's worth paying attention to. Many people may experience the wonder of God's activity but Mary's the one who treasures and ponders, which may lead one to say, what does that actually mean? These are two beautiful words. First one, treasure. It's the Greek word suntereo. It means to preserve, to protect, to defend. Uh, There's the idea of valuing, treasuring going on here, Uh, but the root of it is defense, protection. So to treasure something is protective activity, keeping it safe, keeping it captive, keeping it guarded. That's why some translations put this, that Mary kept these things, all these words. She kept them safe. She preserved them. She treasured them to keep them guarded and safe. I mentioned this last year. Uh, Same thing came true this year. For the past decade or so, my mother-in-law and father-in-law make a calendar for uh, my wife's side of the family. It's the Logan side of our family line. Um, And so they gather up pictures from the past year, mainly off of Facebook or off of our phones. She collects them all, puts them in a calendar, gifts them to us. Each person gets featured in their birthday month. So I'm Mr. August, my my birthday month. Uh, Pictures of me and kids and different birthdays and stuff and then different highlights throughout the calendar. Um, But last year, she pulled a little surprise. There are pictures in them, but they also started putting quotes in there. And so my father-in-law, for the last 20 years, has been collecting quotes, stories, uh, things either that showed up on Facebook that we put in there or Callie or other people in the family would send them to him. Funny things, anecdotes, especially when the kids were little. The things that I no longer remember at all, but man, are they hilarious. And so now the calendar is filled with quotes from our kids uh, and all the funny things that they did and said for the last 20 years. Um, makes for a great calendar. Like, oh, do you remember this one? Oh, you remember that one? You're flipping it through the pages. But that's kind of how life works, right? We go through life, we experience things, we do things, and then we forget about them. And the beauty of that calendar is that someone took the time to 
treasure them. Someone took the time to write them down. Someone took the time to catalog them and keep them safe. In fact, he keeps them on his computer, and we caught Logan and his cousin one time sneaking in to edit them because they were a little embarrassed by some of the stories, so they needed to edit the file. But he was keeping them safe. He was treasuring them. That's the way life works. Things happen all the time in your life. I would venture to say God is active at work in your life every day. So many things that we experience and then miss and then forget. Even sometimes the big stuff and then we forget or we get sidetracked or we get weighed down by the next thing that happens to us. This is what Mary does. Amidst all the actions and the noise and the frenetic energy, Mary treasures them so they may not get lost. It's really, really wise. And then the next word, ponder. It's the Greek word symbolo. It means to converse or confer or meet up with, to chat with, to have a conversation about. And you see how these two ideas go together quite well. Treasure is about keeping it safe, not getting lost, not getting taken away. Pondering is about having a conversation where you talk with, engage with, to work the wonder deeper into your life and story and soul. So there's this connection here of the wonder of God, treasuring and pondering. Many of us experience God, the wonder of God, but we haven't kept it safe. Others of us have been so busy, just being busy, that we fail to have a conversation and to work it deeper into our life. And we end up missing the wonder. It becomes the gap between our spiritual experience and our spiritual formation. Because stuff just goes. So, have we, like Mary, taken the time to treasure and ponder what is going on right now? We're standing on the top of a new year, the top of 2023. Let's not waste 2022 or 2021. So that's what I want to do today. I've got some questions. And this is not meant for it to be, uh, I'll do that later. This is, again, maybe it prompts you to do some more later, but like I want to do some here and now before we sing more and before we take communion together. It's like, let's take some time with some prompts to consider the wonder of God. So, one more caveat before I give you the questions. Um, Sometimes the reason why we don't sit down and sit still, sometimes we're just antsy or busy, but sometimes one of the reasons why we avoid this kind of work is because when we sit down long enough, we don't like what's going on inside of us. And it leads to guilt, regret, shame, anxiety, and darkness. So might I remind you these few things before we sit down and let ourselves be still enough to pay attention to what's going on on the inside? Um, These are some of my core convictions when pondering. May you know this, my friends, that God is always with you. God is always with you. It's like, I don't know where God's at. God's always with you. The psalmist says, where can I run from your presence? God is always loving you too. 
We sang that this morning. Oh, how he loves us. God loves you deeply. That's why he sent his son to redeem you. So may you be confident of his love as you even think about your life right now. May you be confident that he loves you as you are. He's always at work. He's always able to redeem. So every sin, every evil, nothing, no thing is too far gone from his redemptive reach. That's what the scriptures teach us. He uses broken people, messed up situations, difficult times, and he's the God of redemption. So none of your sin can be wasted. None of your lives are too far gone. If all you hear is like guilt, shame, regret, darkness, anxiety, may you hear the voice of God speaking to you. I'm here, I'm with you, I love you, I can redeem everything in your story. Okay? It's a safe space for us to go there because God is here with us. All right. So if you, if like you need to spread out a little bit, if you need to go around the little corner here and sit in a pew to feel like you're in church, if you need to go back in the, just, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take, it's going to take us about 30 minutes. And I know some of you are like, really? I, I, I got a countdown clock for each question. Okay, if we're going to do about three minutes for each question. Also, uh, some of you may need to pull out your phone to do a note on your phone. Um, some of you, like, I don't have anything to write down with. Good, I solved it. Here's a piece of paper and a pen. Um, so I'm just going to leave these here. If you need to come up and grab one, just come grab a piece of paper and a pen. Here's the first question. Yeah, feel free to come. Come get it. Here's the first question. When did you feel most alive this year? And again, it's going to take you a little while to think back. Over the last year, man, January, February, March, April, May, all the way through the summer and the fall. Like, when did you feel alive? One of the church fathers, Irenaeus, says that the glory of God is man fully alive. And that's man and woman. That's the generic humanity. But like God's glory is known in humanity fully alive. God is not wanting to make you less you. He's wanting to have the true you redeemed and fully alive in him. So it's good to pay attention to uh, when did you actually feel like you were alive this last year? Don't worry, I haven't started the clock yet. Do we need more pieces of paper? Oh, wow, okay. Um, I underestimated my, uh, you go, right here. We got some more right here. There we go, we're good. Okay. When did you feel most alive this year? Go ahead and put the clock screen up.
All right. Question number two. When did you feel most loved? So the Bible talks about this idea that perfect love casts out fear. And so it's really good for us to pay attention to the people, the places, the things where we experience God's love. That helps us not live in fear and walk in confidence of his love for us. So yeah, what are the, maybe it's a person, maybe it's an experience, um, maybe it's a time, maybe it's a season, um, but what is it like for you? When did you feel most love? Question number three, what losses do you need to grieve and release to God? So maybe you haven't wrapped your brain fully around 2022. 
uh, as you think back over the last year, what are some things that maybe are losses? Maybe it's a death or the end of something that you need to grieve and release to God. Question four, like what truth about God most deeply resonated with you this year? So maybe it's like part of his character, or maybe it's someplace you saw him show up. Um, be honest if you feel like, man, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, maybe is there something was through your study in scripture or through your time in community or in prayer or how you went through your life, like, man, God showed up and showed me a little bit more about this is what he's like, one of his characters or his person.
All right. How are we doing? Okay, you still with me? All right. Question number five. What practices most helped you to cultivate intimacy with God? So this part of this is maybe looking back and then maybe even looking forward too. So what are the things that really help you experience God? And for some, it's the scripture. For some, it's nature. For some, it's activity. For some, it's community. For some, you know, name all the different ways. But yeah, looking back over this last year, was there something specific that was helpful? And then maybe is there something you're like, huh, this next year, be good to do more of that? Or is there something new that maybe he's saying, hey, I want you to pay attention this way or go that way? Okay, go ahead and go to the next one. What support do you need relationally in this upcoming season? As you kind of think ahead to this new year, what support do you need? Again, we've got community groups, 
table groups? Is it friendships? Is it mentorship? Is it a spiritual mom or a father? Yeah, what do you need relationally, support-wise? Okay, I'm going to steal some seconds. I'm going to go to the next one. What does self-care look like for you this year? So that could look like a lot of different places and forms where there's, um, yeah, I could name a bunch. But yeah, what does self-care look like for you this year? Yeah, what does self-care look like for you this year? Yep, sorry we took the question off the screen.
All right, go to, go to the next one. What is God's invitation to press into this year? Again, big question. Maybe it's something you study, something you want to learn, something you want to read, places where you need healing, things you want to create, explore. Yeah, where do you just sense God saying, yeah, come this way? What's God's invitation for you to press into this year? Study, learn, read, heal, create, explore. Okay, two more. We're almost there. This may be a little harder for some. Like, yeah, I know it. Like, what's the word, phrase, theme from God to guide your 2023? And maybe it's come something you've been reading or listening to, a song, something the Spirit's been whispering to you. But like, is there something for this year? And he's like, yeah, this is it. Maybe that's something to pray into more if you don't have it already.
Okay, last one. Nice job for this. It's a lot of work to do. Sit still this long. Listen this long. Who specifically is God inviting you to love this year? The world. Your enemies. Yourself. No, specifically. Is there a person or group of people? Maybe someone in your family, maybe it's a certain neighbor, or someone at work. Yeah, just ask, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to love this year? Who are you pointing me toward this year? Come on back in, guys. You're good. Come on. You can come on in. You're good. Some of you are antsy, you're ready to move on. Some of you are like, I just got started, I can't focus. Take these into your time with God. <coughs> Take these into your houses over dinner, ask each other, hey, what'd you have? What was something that, one of the questions that you answered? Take them into your community group, take them into your table group. Let these kind of questions be something that you pray into more, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about. May we treasure, may we ponder what God's doing among us. Let me pray. Jesus, uh, you are good, and you are at work. And Lord, sometimes the places that we are least mindful of your activity is what you're doing in and through us. So we just ask that you continue to open our eyes and our ears. We look forward to what you have in store this coming year. May we not miss your activity among us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.